welcome to Cobra Kai Never Dies, and welcome to our second mailbag ever. Also, this is going to be an in-depth analysis of the season five trailer. This is just going to be a very special way that we kill time until the next season. I mean, could it be 50 minutes? Could it be 20 minutes? We don't know. You're just yeah. going to be on the road. Yeah, this is not, not your usual Cobra Kai Never Dies podcast where we have an episode to analyze. Yeah. We are sadly out of episodes, so... We're throwing out the rule book. Yeah, this is going to be a little loose. This is going to be a little a little ragged, I think. But okay. Raw, right? Raw, definitely. <laughs> um, let's start with the trailer bra- breakdown for season five, which we just saw in its entirety for the second time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot to unpack in that one minute and 34 oh, seconds. Yes. First of all, I want to say, are you glad that you don't have to wait another six months for season five? Wait, when is season five? September 9th. Well, I mean, we still have to wait like another three months, so it's still an eternity, really. But yes, yes, I am glad. I know. We don't have to start this podcast in the depths of winter. Yeah. Which is how we've done it. It's true. That's always been hard. So at least, you know, this is a fall back to school kind of podcast. And it's very weird because I have this great fear. What if this is the last season? I kind of think it might be. Unless they manage what I talked about, like, when we were reviewing the season finale. Like, unless they are, they're like, you know, the kids that we know in the cast, they're probably going to graduate high school. But, like, we can follow up with, like, our youngins, like Kenny and Anthony and <laughs> stuff like that. Unless they're going to go in that direction. Well, one thing I noted, so many things. I don't even know if it makes sense to go in chronological order, but um, Terry Silver is kind of weird villain board where he's pinning his different dojo locations mm-hmm. um, across the valley. And I was thinking, who's teaching at these dojos? So they've got the students. Terry Silver, is he like, he has like 80 shifts planned for the week? Well, I feel like he's, he's put Crease in jail. Who's teaching? He probably has an army of Terry Silver clones, but if he doesn't, I mean, I'm hoping he does, but if he doesn't, how is he ensuring that, like, each of his, like, employees probably paid on an hourly rate is really, like, you know, imparting that <laughs> so Cobra I can, Kai I can lesson. imagine that at the OG Cobra Kai Dojo, taught by Terry Silver, you know, it's got 100% of his attention. That's churning out some great little uber warriors. And by the time you get to the 10th or 12th, you know, franchise location Yeah, like Cobra, Cobra Kai, Kai Fresno, what do you think they're doing? Probably. Their management has just gone to shit. Mm-hmm. They're falling behind in the bills. I like, mean... their students have killed no one. I, I, yeah, it's just a disappointment, really. Did he mention how many locations he was trying to open? Um... I don't think he had a number in mind, but basically he wanted the name Cobra Kai to be synonymous with karate in the valley, which is like, Terry, Terry, you're thinking pretty small. Like, just the yeah, valley? Yeah, just the valley? Come on. How about all of SoCal? How about California at large? The world! Well, yeah. Um, He's thinking too small. You're right. Yeah. And it is very cool to see the push pins on his little map. And I was just thinking, because my mind was in a totally different place than yours, I was like, Okay, so, oh, listeners, if you haven't seen the trailer, first go watch the trailer. But second of all, like, it starts with a flashback of the tournament. Oh, no, we see our heroes at Miyagi-Do and Eagle Fang lose and Cobra Kai is victorious. And then we see, basically, Terry Silver with his little map with the push pins, And we see him in his new McDojo, which is, like, you know, really swanky really and nice. kind of corporate looking, right? But here's the thing I was thinking. What's happening to Dynatox? God, the eternal question. If we don't get some answers on who's been running Dynatox in his absence, I mean, yeah, God. Like, what? Like, I 
assume that all his Dynatox employees are like, wait, 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 you're leaving us to start a dojo franchise? Oh, oh, that's it. All the Cobra Kai's are, are franchises. Yeah, God. Again, you're not going to be able to ensure that sort of ve- like villainous spirit in that, with that model, but you know, Mike Barnes, where are you? Oh, he'll be there. Don't I worry. mean, he's running the second dojo, and then yeah. Other uh, other observations about the little like uh, commercial, I suppose, for Cobra Kai dojos. There is a you know you see like this this scene with like Terry Silver at the front and his students like are like surrounding him and the back wall. I believe is a gigantic photograph of Terry Silver. Yeah, and he's like in the middle of a, a move, but it, it's only like he has his hand outstretched, like he's touching the hand of God. It's so just... let's be honest, you would join this dojo, right? Oh hell yes! And I would say, you know what? There's a few too many students here. I want more one-on-one attention. <laughs> one-on-one attention, eh? <laughs> I mean, that's what Daniel Private got. Tutoring. Are you saying that Daniel deserves more than me? I mean, you know, Daniel got a gift he didn't appreciate. Yeah. Like, all Stop that silver time. whining about all of that private silver time. No. Danny boy. I mean, on that gross note, Daniel, like, is, is has, who's been watching his commercials, like, this is what we're up against. Silver isn't afraid of harming children. And then you, like, get a flashback to, like, a young Daniel, like, doing that thing where he's, like, punching a picture of, like, a face. Right? Yeah, Mike Barnes. Oh, yeah, Mike yeah. Barnes's face. And then you see Tori doing the same thing. I kind of hope she's also punching Mike Barnes's face, but, you know, Yeah, and unclear. it's not really a good parallel. Like, I don't see... Tori has, like, nothing in common with Daniel, really. Yeah, and Daniel also, like, didn't realize that he was being trained to, like... I don't know, either be a psychopath or, like, lose to Mike Barnes. And the other thing is, Tori was never charmed by Terry Silver the way that Daniel was. Yeah, she seems rather agnostic about Terry Silver. Tori's like, no, I'm not going to do that thing that you asked me to do, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Should we talk a little bit about Johnny and Robbie and... Yes. In their road trip that we totally predicted. Yes. Right? I, road trips. I was so excited about this because, you know, um, if you listen to our, our analysis of the season finale, like, I dreamt that it would be Johnny and Robbie and Yaya, Miguel's grandmother, on a road trip together seeking out a lost Miguel. And you know what? I We have not established that Yaya is not in the backseat of that car. She's she's comedic gold. I wish they'd mm-hmm. use her more. Just with a joint. But the brief flash that we get is <laughs> Robbie... Does this angsty Robbie thing again? We we gave him so much goodwill at the end of season four because he was so pulled back. But you know what? Flashes of original Robbie, oh. who's just like, what? We're gonna? You didn't tell me we're going on this road trip to find Miguel, and I'm like, Robbie, you knew. <laughs> like on some level, you knew. Even if you didn't know, you also, knew. Also, do you think he's still living at the back of Crease's dojo, or like, did he? What if he? Did he ask Johnny like, hey man? Any chance I could stay with you? And Johnny's like, you know what? We're not quite there. Yeah, right. Like, we're moving quite fast. I think Robbie lives <laughs> on a houseboat, honestly. I don't really understand where Paid Robbie by could who? be. who? Um, I think Robbie lives on dreams. But he, uh, well, he has a home now because he's, like, in the car with Johnny. I mean, honestly, a road trip is, like, stage five relationship. Like, you have to be, you have to know each other pretty well. Mm-hmm. You're trapped in a car for hours. You have to sync up on music taste. Oh, God. It's it's fast-tracking. So maybe and, Robbie's idea was like, you know what? We're going to get this. I need yeah. a place to live. Maybe by the end of this road trip. And Johnny's like, you know, I need somebody to, to watch out for coyotes at night. So I love the idea. Like, I'm giving Robbie some credit here where it's like, wait, my dad asked me to go on this cool road 
trip to Mexico with him. <laughs> oh, but he didn't tell me that we're doing this to rescue his, like, karate son. Maybe, um, like, a day passed by when he was, like, trying to bond with Robbie, and he's like, uh-oh, this is not gonna cut <laughs> it. I gotta go back to my original karate son. <laughs> because Robbie... Mm. There's a nice moment in the trailer where they're like, you know, Robbie's like, well, what's our plan? And, you know, obviously Johnny's just like, I don't know, ask around for Miguel. But then you get cut to a scene where they're both wearing FBI sweatshirts. Yeah, which, I'm curious to okay. see how they get there. Yeah. But also, we also see a scene where, like, Robbie and Miguel are really fighting and there's lots of tension there. And we're know, not friends. Yeah, it's weird we because. We will be. How of how checked out Miguel has been emotionally all of season four, where he can't even seem to, like, Russell up that much hatred for Robbie. You yeah, know? it's, it's more like, that he feels, like, sad that, like, you know, like, in that moment where he thinks that, like, basically that Johnny is, like, saying I love you to him, but Johnny's actually saying I love you, like, to Robbie. Like, it's not that he seems, like, mad at Robbie. It's more that he seems just, like, sad. Like, isn't that why he went on this road trip to find his dad? Because he has daddy issues. Do you issues. think this is just, like, a, a pretext to put them together to fight? So we can get more fight scenes, which is, again, a thing that I love to see. Yeah, but... and I would actually like them to make, like, Robbie and Miguel buds. Why not? Like, they don't have, mainly because, like, they don't have a lot of screen time together, to be honest. And it might just be, now that Robbie is, like, approaching dangerously close to being a good character, and Miguel's a good character, yeah, sure. Like, I would together. love for them to have a conversation about something other than Sam. Like, maybe they have they could conversations be like... about Johnny. Like, yeah, fine. That's fine. Or, like, hey, what's up with that crazy guy, Terry Silver? <laughs> I want them to have a conversation about hair products. It's like I don't a know, Bechdel anything. test, but for Terry Silver. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, can we go back to the fact that there's a flash for, like, Karate Kid... There's another, like, homage to Karate Kid Part 3 where Terry Silver is once again in the sauna. Yes. <laughs> well, that's like... Is that where he makes all of his schemes? I think that was just fan service specifically for you, but okay, I'm, yes. I'm fine with that. Thank yes, you. Yes, his last Silver. lines are, like, with a towel around his neck shirtless, all which, right, okay. sure... Um, also, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that Chosen is featured oh in this trailer. God. Yeah, there is. I, I never thought I'd see it, but there's a Chosen Terry Silver scene. Oh, God. Where Terry Silver says, you're playing with fire. Fire, Danny boy, because Daniel is in the scene, too. And, and what then Chosen, Chosen says? But I am gasoline. <laughs> what? You know what? I want to see, you know, the way that Terry Silver, it's revealed that, you know, he never forgot his old trauma. And he has to be kind of activated. He's back to Cocaine Silver. I want Chosen to go back to his real Okinawa self. Okinawa Chosen. Yeah, where he's holding a knife to Kumiko's throat. That's yeah. the real Chosen. And he's not that far away. All right. You know what I want to see? And, you know, you know, knowing this show, I have a feeling that I'm going to get my wish. Chosen will zip line into a scene this season. <laughs> it will happen. Yes. yes. Uh, but, I mean, I love that. I want to see Chosen sort of like... Is he on Daniel's side? Is he on someone else's side? I just think it's weird I think that he's back. I think it's weird that he's back. I think Chosen, like, oh, say Terry Silver, also has a job. Um, I don't know exactly what he does, but, like, I think he has a job in, in like, Japan, and I'm not really sure how he's able to take this time off. He's filthy rich, Letha, didn't you know? Well, yes, but you're usually filthy rich based on something like you do, and you still have to do that thing, right? Karate is so lucrative. I don't know how we haven't looked into this. I guess so. We should start a dojo, I think. I mean... I mean, I think it's clear that Cobra Kai is running at a loss, because, like, Terry Silver might have gotten a bunch of new students, but he is spending up the wazoo on decor, mm -hmm. new uniforms... I mean, yeah, and it just seems like... Dojo space? These dojos are gigantic. They look like Costco's, honestly. Uh, at least the one that we see in the trailers, so... 
I don't know. You're right. You're right. There's like some major mismanagement going on already. Um, notably absent from this trailer is Crease, so who knows what he's thinking about all this. Um, so wait. Okay, let's just get into it. What do you think Crease's arc is going to be in this season? Where do we find him? Where is he? Besides in a holding cell. Well, he's in a holding cell, and if I had to guess, I'd say, like, he's going to do a lot of, like, thinking about what he's done, and... Ugh, Shoot. I was going to say, like, there's going to be some kind of, like, reconciliation with Johnny, but Johnny is in Mexico. Do you think anyone's going to write to him in prison? Maybe Tori would. Do you think Amanda's going to write? Oh, there we go. That was the real question that you wanted to Dear ask. Dear John. <laughs> I thought about that apple you were biting into. <laughs> it's kept me up some nights. I'm just saying. All right. Prison marriage. Oh God! And you know what? I'm not against it. They've got they got they got a vibe. I'm worried about Crease because I found out today that Martin Cove is 75 years old. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh. And, and he wears it well. You know. Yeah, he does. But I'm telling you, 75. We don't know what the COVID protocols are in this jail. I'm worried about his health. Mm. No, no. Crease is immortal. Remember, he's like the spirit of a cobra yeah, I brought to, to life or something. That. Yeah, like, um, exactly. Yeah. But maybe we'll finally get the Crease courtroom scenes that we've been asking for, you know? I mean, if the show remembers this, he should be pretty slick on the stand, I right? want to see slick Crease, you know, where he's gotten a sharp suit provided by maybe Amanda, I don't know. Um, Pay, who's, who's paying for his legal defense, clearly. Um, and Only Amanda has the money. Tori doesn't. Well, that's true. I mean... Once she divorces Daniel for this prison marriage, she'll it's have actually, half of all the assets. And... Yeah, it's actually perfect setup for a crease arc. Like, he's at the bottom. He's a, lost everything. And a good woman. A coincidentally good woman. married to Daniel LaRusso. And, you know, him. maybe Johnny willing to, like, extend a hand. You know, it's a whole different show, but I'm not saying... I like it, man. I see potential. I see... I want Crease to have it all. I'm tired of him having to deal with the scraps. You know, one random dojo. Him having to do deal with... I know that Johnny has a lot of great qualities, but I don't think he really knew how to, like, operate the business side of the dojo. I mean, for a short moment, Crease seemed all over it with his, like, amazing quicken skills and bookkeeping and everything, but... You know, once Terry Silver comes in the mix and they kind of like swap personality traits or something, Terry like, Silver Chris. chaos agent. Yeah, well, yeah, you're like, you know, when he's like, students, you need to like quickly terrorize other students. I'm like, you know, if your children, your students are in jail. You don't have any students. What are you, what are you doing, man? Uh, <laughs> no, I wish this this show would go for twenty seasons, like a soap opera, where like, you know, Crease takes two seasons to start out as like, who's this guy? Then he turns into a villain, and then. You he gets amnesia. Down. He gets amnesia, right? And then this season is him like he thinks he's a simple a avocado farmer in Southern California. <laughs> but wait, that would be so amazing. <laughs> Crease amnesia arc. Who am I? Why do I own so many karate paraphernalia? <laughs> I ask myself the same thing sometimes. Um, and then the next season could be like Silver's redemptive arc. You know, mm-hmm. I think everyone, everyone. I mean, every single character should have a redemptive arc. I agree. I mean, we thought that Hawk, there was no coming back. Like, they, they had destroyed Hawk's character and made him such a, such a toad. The toad. Yeah, yeah that's good. That, like, the way back seemed very fraught, but they managed to do they it. They managed to do it. They did so, it pretty well. I mean, why can't Terry Silver have that scene? I mean, you know when we were watching season one? Yes, I'm taking us all the way back to season one, and, like, Aisha gives, uh, what's her name? Like, the blonde girl who Dimitri dates. Wedgie. Power Wedgie? Yeah, but what's the name of the girl? 
Yasmin. Yasmin. He gets, she gives Yasmin a power wedgie. And I remember, like, uh, watching it, and, like, my husband strolled through the room at that point and was like, you know, one day they're going to, like, have a series built around that girl and her redemption arc <laughs> and her opening the JoJo to deal with her trauma. I not covering that arc. I mean, um, but the thing is, he joked about that, but last season you did see Yasmin, like, become a nicer true. person and fall in love with Dimitri for some reason and all that. So I really think Someone this show is, like, way. everyone... Everyone everywhere can be redeemed. Yeah. I mean, and I just want to see more Silver, so I'm worried that, you know, they better not kill him off in this season. I mean, if Kreese is immortal, Silver is, like, double immortal. Like, Silver is immortal. I told you, Kreese is the key to Silver. So, the day that Kreese dies, Silver also dies. Whoa. Whoa. I know. Nice. Um, So, wait, how do you think that Kreese is getting out of jail this season? Well, I... Is it going to be a Shawshank Redemption type thing, where he's... Over a period of months, just carving away at a wall. I think that basically, if I... Uh, you're making me, like, dash your dreams. Because I know what you want, which is exactly what you described. <laughs> but I think there's probably not enough evidence to actually convict him of anything. Some sort of dry legal maneuver? Yes, I think it's going to be a dry legal maneuver. Because you know what? Guys, as a lawyer, I'm just going to say dry legal maneuvers, especially the procedural ones, are just as exciting as prison breaks, okay? <gasps> okay, I would be equally satisfied if Kreese went to law school in prison <gasps> yeah. and got it like an expedited degree. Why not? And defended himself. Yes, yes. Okay, I'm, I'm here for that. That's... And then Amanda's like, I never knew that he had such a keen legal mind. <laughs> There's so many facets to this man. Yeah, it's not just like... Miyagi memories, which is the only side of Daniel's personality that he lets out. Um, okay, uh, second question. Will we get Stingray in a courtroom? Oh, yes, absolutely. This is going to hinge on Stingray. Right, because he's in the hospital. And I'm very invested in the fate of Stingray because, as I said, he is a millennial stand-in. He speaks for all of us millennials. And what he does next, that's basically a comment on our generation. I know. I'm wondering, you know, maybe Stingray asks his sister for a loan so that he can bail Crease out. Because, I mean... He feels guilty. He will feel... Yeah, I imagine him feel guilty. Also, like, he did this because he wanted to be Cobra Kai again. And I'm like, what does that mean to you? Maybe Terry Silver would be like, fine, you can be one of the dojo instructors and in, like, my oh, wow. 95th franchise location. The, the one that I don't care about. The one that's, like, in the shittiest The Fresno part of one. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. My apologies if we have this <laughs> now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Stingray does actually know karate. We, I forget that sometimes, but he really does. So, yeah, why He's not? not the worst. He's not the worst. Um, and I guess all he wants, really, is just to, like, be the old dude at the back of the class. I mean, I'm not really sure why Kreese turned him away to begin with. Like, it's just like, again, you know why Johnny accepted, accepted Stingray as a student? Because Stingray was like, I will pay. And that is really, like, the main thing that you should be concerned about if you own, like, a private business like that. Come the on. The thing that Kreese and Silver had in common was they both had delusions of grandeur. And when they stopped sharing that delusion, no. that's when their friendship broke apart. Whoa. So what are you trying to say about our, our friendship here? I mean, writing's on the wall here. No, no, this podcast is going to make us big. I just told you I wanted 20 seasons of this show. <laughs> 20 seasons. It's and every character, Yasmin the college years. Yes, yes. <laughs> I want to see like what she does when she's at sea. I want to see it Ray when he's 80 and struggling to keep up with the dojo rent. He's falling out with his mm-hmm. sister. 
Silver is in heaven somewhere. No, no, Silver never dies. Silver never dies. Well, he can only die when Kreese dies, and Kreese is immortal, so it's all, you know... There's there's a lot of lore here that you might not have picked up from the show, but... <laughs> um, yeah. um, somebody also notably missing from this trailer, Anthony. Yeah, Kenny's in the trailer. A Metacom... I know, what the hell? A Metacommentary on Anthony watch. Even fucking Kenny... Gets an appearance. Well, but Anthony's been disappeared. If Kenny is in the trailer, I have no doubt we'll see Anthony getting his ass beat like in the season. Um, Don't worry, Nina. This is a good segue into our listener email. So Rachel wrote into us and said, My prediction for who will mentor Anthony next season is chosen. <laughs> uh, because a brief glimpse of him at the end and Anthony saying to Daniel that he has no memories of Miyagi. That's true. He has also no memories of Chosen, probably standing over his baby form, glowering. <laughs> but I don't know. I think that could be kind of an interesting matchup. I would like that. I think this show is actually at its best with, like, weirdo mentor matchups. You know, I think I have to say, thing, though, that, like, yeah. I love the energy between Johnny and Anthony, and I really wish we'd gotten to see more of that. Yeah. I would not mind such that. such brats. Yeah. And Johnny as Anthony's mentor is just like, oh, that, that would be delicious. Chosen as Anthony's mentor. You know, Rachel... I, I kind of like the idea. I hadn't thought of it before, but it's just, like, maybe, like, that truly odd couple. I mean, like, I could see that, like, bringing out new <laughs> shades in both of them. Why not? Let's do Are it. Are we ever going to get a Crease and Chosen kind of thing? Ooh. I mean, I think it's less funny to see Crease, uh, sorry, to see Silver and Chosen side by side. Like, oh my god, the big bads of two karate movies side by side, <laughs> facing off. I mean, I was worried for Daniel for a second and that you're right, Chosen's going to remember how fun it is to actually be a bad guy. I'm like, I, I hope that he turns. Um, and then she says, regarding Crease, um, yada yada, I think there was a passing mention of not much happening between him and Johnny last season. There were a lot of attempts to get Johnny his own fake son back. That's true. Crease was always sort of dangling, you know, like, Coming up to Johnny and trying to get him back in the fold and feeling right. rejected. So I do feel like there's gonna they're gonna come to some sort of reconciliation. I mean, since I feel five. like, and you know, I liked last season. I liked how it ended, but I do feel like there's a lot of pretending or retconning that like Johnny and and Crease uh, or Crease was like super close and super invested in Johnny. So, but so yeah, I feel like that thread will come up again in some way. But you know, it's weird. I, I don't see any hints for a, a Cree Silver reconciliation. And to be honest, that's the one that I'm most invested in. I mean, they built up such romantic tension. It seems... They went out for whiskey together and they're toasting to their dojo dreams. And Silver's doing it alone and he doesn't even appear to be sad about it. Yeah. And Is that's... he medicating? I mean, he's on a lot of things on these days. Things. And Crease clearly seems sort of like over their relationship and Silver was like I think, hurt by that. I don't know. We had this conversation about, like, some of the weird, like, scenes between them where Silver just seems, like... Oh, you could cut the tension with a knife. Right? Um, But I don't see that they can reconcile because, you know what? Silver even got rid of his tattoo. They don't even have matching tattoos. And if two people don't have matching tattoos, then there's no hope for them. What did I say about the tattoo on his heart? Letha, you can take a laser to it, but it's still there. The scars are still there. I'm speechless. I got nothing. (laughs) Okay. Um, Since I promised our listeners, you know, without your input, because, you know, Twitter is sort of my field. Yes, that's true. I promised the listeners that this mailbag would be paternity themed. So we're going to talk dads. Okay? You know, Nina, you didn't have to tell me that. I knew. I knew this. (laughs) 
look, you could either go along or get dragged along. <laughs> um, Tori is dead. Chosen. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Tori's dad. Well, obviously, spiritually, her father is Crease. Right. Her biological dad. Uh, I don't know. What do you got? What do you got? I'm gonna say Mike Barnes. <laughs> of course, Mike Barnes. He's he's white, and Tori's white. Yeah, that's that's evidence for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many white people are there anyway? Yeah, two okay. at least. Mm-hmm. Um, Miguel. Okay, now this is hotly contested because it would make it very gross if if Tori's dad was Mike Barnes and Miguel's dad was also Mike Barnes. So I'm going to change my answer. I'm going to say Tori's dad is some rando that, you know, we may never meet. Oh, no. I got it. Okay. Tori's dad is Terry Silver. She already doesn't have a great relationship with him. And when she finds out that her own dad rigged the tournament. It's going to be a whole thing. But, I mean, she'd also discover that she's the heiress to Dynatox, which isn't a bad Yeah, discovery. and that's what we want for Tori. It would be a happy ending to, to Tori. be the heiress to, like, rich. the most chemically toxic company. She that, could buy yeah. and sell Sam a thousand times over. Well, that's fair. That would, that would probably that's make that, him happy. Yeah. So I feel like she'd reconcile with Terry pretty quickly, right? Like, Oh, then, yeah, when there's that much money at stake, you know what? You're going to put aside some hurt feelings. Of course, yeah. She's like, trophy? Who cares about karate? I can buy and sell the trophies that I need. <laughs> yeah, okay. But then... Uh, She's running Dojo 3 through 60. I mean, I'm not dismissing out of hand, Nina, because Terry Silver is also white. But still... Three white people. Right? I mean... Do the math, Letha. I, I'm thinking about it, yeah. <laughs> okay, sure, why not? Um, with Miguel, one problem is that Mike Barnes is white and Miguel is not white. I've maintained and, that genetics is a crazy thing. <laughs> I think Mike Barnes, you know what? Who knows? I think that we might actually introduce another Hispanic person as Miguel's dad on account of the fact that they're going to Mexico to find Some him. Some random? But am I being too reductive? Maybe, maybe. Am I, I don't... Do we want more randos on this show? Well, I uh, feel like we graciously accepted Kenny, and you know what? The list has to end there. Nina, a rando is just a favorite character waiting to happen. God, Kenny is not going to become it. Okay, write in, listeners. If Kenny is your favorite character, tell us. I because... like Kenny. I mean, he's not my favorite yet, but you don't you don't know where this is going to go. Also, Kenny's so going to be your favorite character in like two episodes. Just wait. <laughs> just wait. I mean, You're going to be like, Terry who? I admire that there was, like, literally no break from him being introduced as a sweet kid to going full-on psycho. Oh, he had, like, a couple episodes yeah. here or there. All it took there was, was some... milk in his locker, okay? Okay, so all we got was, like, some bullying montage, and he's ready. He's ready to kill. A lot of things can happen in a montage, Nina. A lot of things. <laughs> um, okay. I did write this, so I have to say it. Who's Anthony's real dad? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Sure, he looks like Daniel, but so Chris. what? Yes. The right? ultimate, oh right? God, that would be amazing. I mean, Amanda doesn't remember the wild affair she had with Chris because she has amnesia, but... but I want five people to have amnesia in this show. Yeah. Like, I think that amnesia should be the norm on this show. And the next time Sam drives up to Aisha with some personal problem, Aisha's like... I'm sorry, I don't remember you. <laughs> All I remember, the last thing I remember is giving some girl a wedgie. A power wedgie. Wow, if that was your only memory and it's of Yasmin, that's bleak. Well, power wedgie, though. It's know. true. Yeah. Okay, now it's time for the odds and ends. Ooh, that's my favorite part. Okay, 
So one listener, Twitter person wrote into us about Ralph. Oh no, this was Tim. Yeah, Tim wrote into us about Ralph Macho's forthcoming book, Waxing On. <laughs> um, I want. <laughs> I looked at the description. I think it's very weirdly written. Okay. Um, I don't know what, it, it just goes all over the place. Um, the book will be Ralph Macchio's cele- celebratory reflection on the legacy of the Karate Kid in film, pop culture, and his own life. Macchio will share an insider's perspective of the untold story behind his starring role. The innocence of the early days, the audition process, the filmmaking experience. And then he says, ultimately the book centers on the film itself, focusing on the reason that the characters and themes have endured Yada, yada, yada. It will bring readers back to the day they met Daniel LaRusso and Mr. Miyagi for the first time. But will also provide a fascinating lens into how our past shape all of us and how the past can come back to enrich one's life in surprising and wonderful ways. Does this not sound like it was written by Chosen? (laughs) It's a little, uh... I don't know what to say about it. Well... I'll, you know what? I'm going to start with something positive. Yes. Yes, Nina. I'm actually going to start with something positive. It's crazy for me, too. But I am glad that he's writing this book and it's not like, at least the way it's like framed, it doesn't sound like a story of Ralph Macchio because I feel like that's always the tendency here for like people to be like, I know you're interested in the Karate Kid, but let me tell you about what happened to me when I was well, six. Well, we don't know. I mean, obviously we're going to be doing a chapter by obviously. chapter now. Obviously. We're going to be doing like a reading. We're going to be like doing like a, a sentence by sentence like breakdown. But... But at least the way it's, like, being packaged, it seems like it's more about, like, the thing that people actually care about, which is, like, the Karate Kid movies and everything like that, than it is, like, an autobiography. So, points for that, I guess? I wonder if they would release a book where it's kind of a meta thing, where it's written by Daniel LaRusso about his Miyagi memories. Oh my god. I would love that, actually. That'd be amazing. Like, I wish you would write it in character. (laughs) That would be amusing. And it's called Waxing On, and maybe Johnny can release a similar memoir called Waxing Off. Ah. About his, or Miyagi's ghost could release his own memoir. Waxing On. About his memories. Um, A lot of memoirs are coming out. Also, can I just say, also another thing I like is that Waxing On is a pun. It's amazing. You oh. are the target audience. For I this am the book. target audience for this book. Oh God. Okay. Um, one way we can wrap up. But I know but it's very wait, hard. wait. I want to get back to the book for a second. Oh yeah. I mean, do you think it's going to be terrible? God. You know what? I've read a few memoirs of random people. I read Andre Agassi's bio. What? Why? <laughs> because it was in the thrift shop, and I was a big Agassi fan in the nineties. All, right, all right. And you know what? It was fine. He has like a dad that made him play tennis a lot who doesn't have a dad that makes him play tennis a lot um it was not that interesting then i read phil collins biography because you're you know, new and it's like i don't know enough about music and it seems like he sleeps with a lot of people good for him i guess anyway and i'm trying to think of the third biopic but anyway they're never as satisfying oh so, i read Sinead o'connor's oh how was that Kind of disjointed, like her as a person. So but, I guess the question is, will Ralph Macchio is like live up to like the legacy set by Agassi, Phil Collins, and Sinead O'Connor? That's... I know that I will be skipping everything until the point where he talks about Karate Kid Part Three. Yeah, I that's know. what I really want to. And about. even like the first few pages, of that like, come on, let's get to the silver. Let's get to the. My silver. brother was telling me he was like, uh, he read an interview where Ralph Macchio was like at that point in his career. He was like, you know, he was kind of like Rocky in Rocky Four. You know, he had all the Karate Kid money. 
He didn't want to try anymore. He didn't like the script. I mean, how could you not like the script for that movie? It's insane. <laughs> anyway, he's like, it's about the art. So he was totally phoning it in. Was he? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. Well, like, you know. Like, he thought the first and the second one were great art. And you know. Oh, God, the second like, one. did you watch the second movie, buddy? <laughs> like, I mean, I know you got a free trip to Japan, but come on. Um, I have to say... I'm going to give Ralph Macchio, like, some props. I didn't realize he was phoning it in on the third one. Like, he seemed about the same. Wait, is that an insult or a prop? I don't know. He he, he was all right. I want to hear some behind the scenes, you know? Like, what was he like to work with? He seems like a sweetheart, I will say. Yeah, that. actually, like, he seems like he was probably a nice guy. <laughs> that even his version of, like, being, like, an enfant terrible and, like, phoning it in and not caring was probably like, yes, I arrived on set only five minutes early. Yeah, it was that funny or die sketch that we saw. Where yeah. Yourself. Um, okay. So you have three spots in your car. You're going on a road trip. Who do you bring along and what's on the radio? We put this out to the listeners. Whoa, that's so good. That's. Who am I bringing along? Okay. All right. And this road trip is two days long. Where am I going? You get to pick the place. Okay. All right. Um,. Well, three spots in my car. One of them's got to go to my millennial brother, Stingray. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying I want him there. I'm just saying solidarity, <laughs> right? Um, he's got to be there. Um, Miguel, because, you know, come on. Right? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's just going to be, like, easygoing. You know, he, he's never going to complain about the music. So He'll your goal it. is to have kind of a chill... My goal is to... Chill road trip vibes. Yeah, my goal is to kind of, like, have a little fun, you know. And then Robbie, so that they'll fight. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And the music that's playing is um, Escape by Rupert, Ho- Rupert Holmes. Oh, you know, my the God, the Pina song. Colada song. Yeah. Guys. Because it's an sounds, escape. This sounds like a nightmarish road trip. You wish there was another scene. And where in the are car. you going, by the way? Well, we're going to, uh, to Tampa. You can get a good pina colada there, I think. <laughs> yeah. That's such a fucking long road trip. <laughs> from, from, oh my God. You didn't say where we had to That's start from. That's easily a week. <laughs> Godspeed. For all you know, I'm starting from like Miami. Um, I think this is when we'll see Miguel snap and finally like lose control and kill everyone in the car. Is it the Tampa or the pina colada song right. or what? No, but... it's always some mild-mannered ones. Okay. So... Same question, you. Okay, so in the car, I broke Crease out of jail. Of course. Crease needs a road trip. Where's Crease? But with Silver. Silver and Crease. <laughs> third spot goes to Johnny because Johnny has the tunes. Oh, so you want like a pure Cobra Kai car. Exactly. Fuck Miyagi, no. I don't want that shit in my car. No. Where are we going? Paraguay. Where it all began. <laughs> oh, God. That Civil War that. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to see. If Kreese has some old memories, when he had to go off book, psyops, black ops, um, yeah, no, not on the radio, it's going to be against all odds. Oh my Collins. god, you are so predictable. Is it predictable? Yes. Or is it setting the mood? For what? Like, the weirdest orgy of all time? Oh, That's what I'm here for. Well. <laughs> okay. How do we come back from that? I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, listeners, um, something else coming up this summer is we will be doing the Hillary Swank, Cobra Kai, wait, Karate Kid, 
Part yep. seven? What sequel is this? It is The Next Karate Kid. Right. That is what we are doing. Yeah. And we're doing it for you. Because nobody actually asked for it, but we feel like that was a desire people had in their hearts. We're yeah. going to make it happen. I also am pushing really hard to do a review of the Jaden Smith, uh, Jackie Chan Karate Kid movie. Um, I wish you could see Nina's face. We should really do like a, a video cast so you can see that like look of utter exasperation and, and is despair. Is that the one where there's no Miyagi? There's no Daniel. It's just the kid and what? Like an empty dojo? And Jackie Chan. What's Jackie Chan doing there? Teaching him, well, kung fu to be like really accurate about it. But, you know, um, it's still part of the franchise. We can't abandon any part of the franchise. Oh, wait. I had some stray thoughts. Okay, so where do you think Tom Cole is? Where do you think the homeless woman is? The shady landlord and the pawn shop guy. Oh man, That's I love this. That's its own road trip. Extra watch. Yes. Oh, that car. <laughs> I wish I could be in it. Because we didn't even, we saw Homeless Woman, I think. So, Tom Cole has been missing in action for a very long time. And I love Tom Cole, who, if you don't remember, owns like a rival car dealership to Daniel's car dealership. And who would have been the natural person to do kind of like a LaRusso auto takeover. Right? I can't believe we haven't seen that. But I, maybe... I mean, maybe we will, because as you remember, Tom Cole's keen business instincts, like led him to basically, like, compete with the stupid free bonsai gimmick at LaRusso Auto by offering a free cactus, which he was, as he pointed out, is all-American, just like him. Um, is this the season we'll see Amanda finally be like, I'm tired of running this auto dealership by myself? I know. I'm like just... a single parent, basically. I think that Tom, you know, with all their attention... Daniel's going to be, like, totally, like, sucked into, like, this weird, like, shadow battle against, like, a corporate dojo. And I see this as being him, like, completely not minding the store and Tom Cole swooping in. This is going to be the season of Tom Cole. Yeah, you take your eyes off the prize and you get nothing. Yep. We're going to see Goodbye Bonsai's Hello Cacti. It's it's Tom Cole's. It's Tom Cole's world and we're all living You know it. what? You know how season one opened with, like, Daniel on top of the world with his espresso machine? I think this season's going to open, or maybe end, with, like, it's like a bizarre world where there's, like, you know, uh, Cobra Kai locations everywhere, Tom Cole's locations everywhere. It's his nightmare brought to life. Yep, all is right with the universe. And then the season six, Daniel's redemption arc. Yeah. All right. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Show, I make it happen. It. We've done it. This we is it. planted the seeds. <laughs> A lot of my dreams are already coming true for this season. I can tell from the trailer. Like as soon as like I see the road trip happening, I was like, "Yes, we are closing out this episode with against all odds." I will be editing it that way. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay, ready? Well, I mean, yeah. No, we're ready. We're ready. We've done it. We're his pawn shop guy, probably in his pawn shop. <laughs> okay, we we've got it. We're through the agenda. Okay, strike first. Strike hard. No, no mercy. mercy.